The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This town deserves a better class of criminal. And I'm going to give it to him. the New England Society of Geeks podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is going to be another edition of the Monthly Comics Cast. Which, of course, means that I have assembled, once again, the League of Substitute Podcasters. And that includes the Cosmic Comic Guru, Dario. What's up, Dario? That's me! Hi, everybody. <laughs> the world's greatest sidekick, Paul. What's up, Paul? What's up, guys? And... Last and least, um, <laughs> the defender of the secret wars, the beyonder himself, the guest user, John. What's up, John? <laughs> Hello, all. I think I figured it out now. I'm not a yes. guest user anymore. <laughs> but it sounds good. Oh, John, you'll always be a guest user to me. <laughs> so how is everybody doing? Good. Just Glad good. to hear it. That's nice. Um, one little quick sad note. Uh, today we saw the passing of Bob <coughs> Barker. I heard. Passed away heard at the age of 99. Um, I heard somebody say that in true Price is Right fashion, he passed away at the age of 99, being the closest to, uh, 100 without going over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway... Uh, condolences to his family, friends, and fans. Uh, we're going to miss you. Although I, haven't I hate to say it, but I thought he had passed away You're already. You're not the first one to say that. <laughs> That's what everybody keeps saying. I, I hate to he say it. Died, but yeah. But anyway, let's... I just heard... I heard... I mean, there seems to be like a lot of celebrities dropping. Yes. I mean, granted, There's a reason, granted, because we're old and they're older. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. But I just heard... I just saw on my phone like a news break that uh is it Brian Wyatt a wrestler? Huh? Who? What? Just passed away. Who? Who passed away? Um his last name's Wyatt. Wyatt Earp? It was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about that. That was a long time ago. Why? No. Yeah. Um the wrestler, right? Yeah. Um oh man. Is it Bright Bry? That's steroids. I can't remember now. Um, we also every wrestler. It's every. I hate to say it, but it seems like every wrestler dies from steroid use. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bray also, w- speaking of wrestlers, passed away August twenty. Is it Bray Wyatt? It's Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Yeah. Bray yes. Wyatt. Yep. Um, we also lost He's a big guy. We also lost Terry Funk. 36. Yeah, Terry Funk passed away. Oh, oh my yeah. god, he was very young. This guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, and actually, since the last time we talked, a really big hit for me personally, we lost Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman himself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He kept that. He kept his, his illness a secret. Yeah. From, he heard, so. from everybody, <clears throat> even his friends. What was it? He died of cancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, we're losing a lot of our legends. 
but hey, we're not here. <laughs> this is this is not an immemorium, so let's let's move on to some brighter <laughs> stuff before we depress ourselves. Uh, and let's get into our uh, monthly comic book reviews. And so let's start with the cosmic comic guru himself. Who wants John to go first? <laughs> Dario, go ahead. <laughs> All right. I just want to make sure I get everything. Okay, so the first thing is a thing I just finished reading before I signed on, and it's a book from Image Comics. The creative team is Kelly Thompson as the writer. The artist is Mattia D. E. Lewis. Who's that? Is that the artist? Yeah, that's definitely the artist. The letterer is Hasten Osman. Iago, I, I know I said that last name wrong, and the edits of Charles Betcham, and the design is Rian Hughes. So a bunch of names mispronounced by me because I'm a terrible human being, and the book is called The Call. It's from Image Comics. The Call. C-U-L-L. Mm-hmm. So it looks like, uh, um, it looked kind of like a horror book, and I had seen this cover art advertised. It looked interesting. I wasn't entirely sure. I thought I'd give it a shot. So I didn't have a whole lot to buy. I don't know about you guys, but I found my comic buying is going down quite a bit. There's not a lot of new stuff that interests me, but I always try and keep I always try and keep a toe into the independent stuff. Mm-hmm. So I tend to grab stuff from Image or Boom and that kind of stuff. Um, and so Marvel and DC get their act together. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so I read this, and the coloring, I mean, I'm not one to talk very much about uh, modern comic book coloring, and I don't know if this comes through very well on the screen that you guys are looking at, but I feel like the coloring in this book is really well done. Um, I mean, it doesn't necessarily feel like computer coloring, but it definitely doesn't feel like old-style coloring. I don't know what they did to make it better. I mean, it doesn't hurt that the art is pretty damn amazing. Um, yeah. Very realistic. Oh, nice. So it's advertised as a cross between something is killing the children and Goonies. Uh, so uh, the inside page before I get into the story, this is the design work for the logo. I absolutely love this piece. It's just very uh, man with the broken arm style movie poster art kind of a deal. Um, not broken arm, man with the crooked arm. Anyway, um, so it starts out. Uh, following this group of uh, young adults that are probably in their 20s, and they're all sneaking out at like 3.30 in the morning to go meet um, to do a short film. And they live on or near uh, the ocean, and they're all headed to a place called Blackwater Beach. The very first page is, is three panels just showing the beach, and um, there's a very, very large rock that dominates that 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 coast, and it's what the coast gets in for. And they go back and forth in this first page, saying that some people say it's just named after the rock. Other people say that there was an old pirate by the name of Black Jack that that lived there. But either way, the rock is what makes you know this particular area famous. So this is what and and. As you can see from this first page, there's a big word before, so this happens, obviously. I don't know how many, how long before, but this is kind of the reason why these kids want to go out to this rock. Um, So they go out there to shoot this short film. They all sneak out, and everybody gets about two pages each. Yeah, everybody gets two pages, a two-page spread 
where it shows them getting ready, sneaking out. Some are just leaving their houses. Some are sneaking out. Some are waking waking up their parents accidentally who know they're going out and are just, you know, chit-chatting with them. Um, everybody's got their own little drama happening. Like one of them is this um, girl that's leaving and she apparently had just broken up with a girlfriend and her and her dad are having a little conversation. Her dad's sleeping on the couch for some reason. They talk about how there's somebody missing, um, either his wife or his significant other or somebody because he's sleeping on the couch now. Uh, she's kind of telling him that he should move forward, and he is kind of telling her that she should kind of get back together with her girlfriend. <coughs> but this seems to be like a pretty <coughs> a pretty well-established family unit, aside from the drama. I'm going to grab some water real quick. Hold on. <coughs> um, so, water break. Sorry, just to uh, just to interrupt for a quick second, that um that page you, that page you just showed, you're right. The art mm-hmm. really is good in that. It looks really realistic. Yeah, it's really very good. And then um, this is a brother and a sister. It looks like they're Asian. Um, get up and you know get ready for this. Um, and then this one girl is going to be the actress. She's getting her makeup ready. Um, and she sneaks out, and she's got a, a, a parent who is passed out. We find out later in the book that she's passed out drunk um, on the couch. Um, she's covering her black eye uh, because I, I believe either her father or her mother's boyfriend hit her. Um, so they all kind of get together, and they start heading towards – oh, one other thing I should point out is one of these kids um, – one of them gets – uh, three pages, and it's the girl with the dark hair, and she's leaving. She's making all these sad-faced uh, flags that she's bringing for some reason, and her mom is asleep. Um, uh, we see that she had had a younger brother, and her mom is asleep amongst a pile of missing, missing flyers, so the younger brother has been missing for who knows how long. So, they all head to the beach. Uh, they keep talking about how they have to go this early in the morning because they have to they have to work with low tide, and um, they go back and forth. Some some of them are like, I wish we could have done this at a different time. Other ones are saying, you know, this is the only time that we could do it. And they're obviously hiding from other people that happen to be up. They do run walk past another couple on the beach, and they're like, oh, we don't want anybody to see us. Um, and they head towards the black rock that I showed you earlier, and there's a cave there. And they head into the cave, and there's light inside that cave. And it gets really weird at that point. Like, they're like, why is there light inside this cave? And they go through, and it literally drops them into uh, an alien environment. So very, very, very small. Like, this big two-page spread of this alien environment, where this word balloon is coming from, this is where they're coming out of. So this is, like, the other side of the rock. Um, So they're all freaking out. Now, I got some serious kind of... um, H.P. Lovecraft vibes out of that scene because they're staring at this. And it's as simple as an alien landscape, right? Not that that's simple, but it's as simple as an alien landscape. Um, and one of them's like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm losing my mind. And that's kind of what the little I know of H.P. Lovecraft, a lot of this stuff is like alien landscapes and things that the mind can't comprehend making you go crazy. Um, so a couple of them are freaking out. And then the girl with the short dark hair who had the miss- the brother that was missing, um, one of them turns to her and goes, is this where you think, I don't know what his name is, is this where you think he went, Jake? Is this where you think Jake is? And she's like, yeah. And she goes in. So that's how this first page 
um, this first issue ends. Um, so very much a, a slow burn setup. Um, it's I feel like it's obviously going to be some sort of limited limited run series. Could be twelve issues. Um, it could be kind of like so it could be something like um, um, a nice house in the lake where that was you know twelve issues going on twenty four issues now where they extended it because it did so well. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed that book. Didn't necessarily love how slow it was, um, but I feel like is has the has the potential to really stand out in a collected format. So we'll see what happens. The cost for this particular book is also a reasonable three ninety nine. Wow, nice, definite, definite savings. Uh, you know, over the, the nowadays nine dollar books I'm seeing. Yeah, really. <laughs> All right, so thumbs up. Second, uh, mostly mostly thumbs up for the art. I think, uh, like I said, I like the story, but it's slow. Um, so I think I'm going to bounce to uh, a book from Boom Next, and it is called Alice Never After. Okay, hmm. love this cover. It's very artistic. It's got Alice from Alice in Wonderland. It's got your your card soldiers, a giant key in the middle, white rabbit, Cheshire cat, <laughs> and this is created by Dan. Pinostein, written by Dan Pinostein, um, London illustrated by Dan Pinostein, Wonderland illustrated by Giorgio. Oh, okay. I couldn't figure out what was going on here. I, so they have I different, love when they, they do that sort of thing. They have different illustrators for different lands. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I so like that. So Wonderland is Wonderland is illustrated by Giorgio Spatella, S P A L L E T T A Spatella, maybe. Uh, colored by Francesco Segla and lettered by Jeff Eckleberry. Um, oh, Sean Murphy did this cover, which I thought I thought Sean Murphy would have done the interior also, but when I looked at it, he he didn't. So the London art is really really beautiful art, very traditional oh, wow. type of thing. The, almost almost looks like Hughes. Yeah, a little bit. A great yeah. land. Uh, that's actually. <laughs> <laughs> the Wonderland art, um, you know, isn't so wildly off, but there's lots of you know animated animals and that kind of stuff going on. Right, right. And Alice still looks like Alice, but a little bit less uh, realistic. Um, so I enjoyed the art quite a bit, um, and I you know grabbed this this morning and I was reading through it because I wanted to have a fresh in my mind for this podcast, and it was a struggle to get through. Really? I got wow. four pages into it, and I wanted to stop, but I said I'm going to keep reading it. <laughs> and I, and, and I, when I was done with this book, very, the very happy. I was very, very happy with the with the with my ability to finish this book. <laughs> you did it for the podcast. You feel like you the achieved something. <laughs> this book is the absolute worst. And and, <laughs> and no, what is it that was so painful about it? The story makes no sense. I mean, I'm sure it's meant to make no sense right away because it starts off with Alice talking with, I don't know who this is, mother, sister, neighbor, <laughs> nanny, who knows. Some random but stranger. She, she's talking to It's got to be her mom. Talking to Alice. <laughs> Alice can't apparently keep food down because she vomits right away. Uh, her stepfather, maybe father, is right here, you know, with whoever this person I can't figure out is. And there's, there, there's a whole page of word balloons where they're just talking nonsense, literally. Hmm. And then we go, then we jump to Wonderland 
And Wonderland is just nonsense talk anyway, because they're just off of Wonderland. Right. Alice gets lost, so she's not lost. I take that back. Alice is like, why did the white rabbit take off? He's always late. I have to go find him, and now I'm lost in the woods, and there's a dodo, and there's a, everything you would expect. I don't know if any of you guys, I, everybody's familiar with Alice in Wonderland. I don't know if any of you read the book. I have. I have not, no. Uh, no. It's, it's, I, I enjoyed the book enough to have read it. Um, I, you know, I liked the cartoon growing up, and I, so I thought this would be good. And I've seen lots of different takes on Alice from, from you know, the Disney version to the, I, this is just a dr- wild, drug-addled storyline about right. some crazy girl. Um, this was, the only good thing about this book is the art. No, nothing else I can say about it. Wow. Huh. Okay. Boy. That is unfortunate. But if you go to your local comic shop and they have a pile of these, you should buy it. <laughs> they, they, you know, local, local, your local comic shop is going to go out of business. If you're going to do something like that, like Alice in Wonderland or something, you got to do something good with it because, so much, like you said, so much has it's been done so many different ways. Yeah. So here's the, here's the twist, right? Here's the rub. So we we go back between London and Wonderland twice during the storyline. So it starts out with uh, London, and something's up with Alice. Something's up with Alice. <laughs> and her, her was her her potential dad it, it is a dentist, and he's acting weird. So then we then they then they jump forward to Wonderland, and one in Wonderland she's having the tea party and decides to go after the White Rabbit gets lost. And then we go back to London, and her stepfather. I'm going to keep calling him the stepfather because I don't know who he is. He uh, he gets on a coach, and he obviously is up to something, and he goes to a local insane asylum to go see his regular client. And his regular client, we find out, without coming out and saying so, the regular client is the Queen of Hearts. So she's in London, ah. and and he calls her the Queen of his heart. So that's why I knew it was the Queen of Hearts. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then we go back to Wonderland, and Alice is, you know, having a conversation with the caterpillar and the dodo, and and then she goes back to the tea party, and they're like, "Oh, we got you a dress," and she opens it up, and she's like, "Oh, but this isn't mine." And all the characters from Wonderland are like, "Of course it's yours. You're the new Queen of Hearts," and that's how it ends. Ah, uh, okay. So who knows? Right. I don't know where they're going with this. I will continue to glance through this book at the store to see if it looks any better. It looks good already. See if it reads any better. Mm. I didn't like it. So, so one good, one bad so far. The last one, I give very high praise to this book. So this book is Conan the Barbarian oh. from Titan Comics. And this is the cover done by Art Germ, who, Art Germ, I don't know if they're a man or a woman. I don't know much about the person in particular, but I love their art. Who, who, really was, good. who I don't published actually, that? Titan, uh, Titan Comics puts this out. Hmm. Yep. Um, I don't necessarily love Art Germ's work all the time, but this particular cover... Um, this is the main. This is the main female lead in this book. Um, I don't remember her name already, but she's a, a pit. P i c t. Is that how you say that? Yeah. Sure. A pit. Yeah, that's what she. She's one of those. One of those people. I got that book. Did you read it yet? Yep. Did you like it? Loved it. Is, is this one of the ones that you're going to review that you lost? Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> the artwork, the artwork reminds me of. Uh, John Buscema. Exactly. That's what I've been telling everybody in the store. Whoever the artist is, I don't really mean whoever the artist is. I can find out who it is. Um, they're channeling John Buscema perfectly. Where is the 
credits page, I have everybody who's worked on this book except for the writer and creative team. I got the president, the editor in chief, <laughs> the head of rights, the art director, marketing coordinator, publishers. Who's got the back of the book? This is what the creative team. Ah, it's on this. It's on this page. Okay, the creative team is Jim Zub, and they, I love it because they use the old Marvel way. It's grim Jim Zub. The artist is Rob <laughs> Rob Delatore, and he goes by Ravaging Rob Delatore. <laughs> the color artist is Villainous Jose Vibarara. Letter is Riotous Richard Starkings, and the editor is Merciless Matt Murray. We should get titles like that. What like Derek? Well, Cos- Cosmic Comic Cosmic Guru, Guru isn't good enough for you? Yeah, isn't that All good right. enough? I just am greedy for titles. <laughs> or, oh, I'll give you a title. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, I'm looking through the book, and I'm like, ah, it's not going in without a topless chick. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Savage Sword right. of Conan. Yep. So... This guy, this artist, I gotta, I gotta find out more about this person and if their art is like this on purpose or if they were specifically, like if they have their own style and they were just going for this or if this is how they draw all the time. But I gotta find out more about this artist. But they, they did a really, really good job of the book. So Conan starts out with a fight between Conan and uh, one of the captains because he's um, acting as a mercenary for an army. He beats the crap out of this guy because apparently he sent. He sent troops on a mission knowing that they weren't going to make it. Conan was, calls him a cowardice dog and beats the crap out of him. And nobody stops him. The guy who's in charge of the army uh, goes, looks like we have a new captain here then. And Conan's like, if you're you know, hiring guys like this, I don't want to be in charge of your people at all. I'm just going to take my money and go. So the guy in charge of the entire army says, well, you had the dignity to defend your fallen friends so you can also take their cut as reward in, in for, for you know standing up for them. So it takes no money. He goes to he doesn't leave the camp yet because they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, they're apparently near Hyboria, but they're not in Hyborian lands yet. Um, and then mentions how Conan had been adventuring for a while. I think they mentioned they mentioned he's twenty five here because they say it's been twenty five summers. So I'm assuming he's twenty five. Makes sense. Um, and so he goes to the tavern and grabs some food, and everybody there seems to treat him well. And the woman comes over and starts talking to him. And then all of a sudden, um, the woman on the front cover here, the pit with the with the blue makeup across her eyes, rides into the camp and tells everybody that they have to leave. That there's a there's a, a um, an awful oh yeah there's an eclipse. Uh, everybody starts freaking out. So they go outside for the eclipse. And then she rides in, and she tells them all to flee. And the army, unlike anything they've ever faced, is heading this way, and that they have to leave because everybody in the path of this army is killed. And they're like, whatever. <laughs> we take, we'll take care of it. We don't believe you, woman. And um, and and so she tells them again, you need to get out of the, you know, leave. And then uh, the other men are like, oh, whatever, one more time. And then it, it, it just takes two warnings before she can warn them a third time a zombie horde comes over the hill and starts like chewing through the camp like it's nobody's business. Um, so they're obviously zombies. They're decaying. They don't call them zombies, but that's what they are. Conan takes a head off of one of them and it keeps biting at him. So um, the only thing for Conan to do is to escape uh, with his life because he can't stop these things. Uh, so he saves the pit woman who is standing on her own. Nobody goes to help her. 
she gets overwhelmed by a mob, so he goes to help her, grabs her, and they go take off. Um, they are successfully escaped, um, and he's trying to think of what he can do to help. And she's like, "There's nothing to do to help. All we can all." She goes, "If you want to come with me, you can." But the only, my, the only thing I'm doing is I'm trying to stay ahead of it, ahead of the horde, and warn everybody that they, you know that that's in their path so they don't die. And so Conan's like, "That's a good a good thought." He goes, "She goes, but if you come with me over the mountains here." We're going to go to Hyboria, and my people are there, and you'll be safe there. And then she goes, oh, you are under the assumption that the horde that we fought was the horde. She goes, that's not the horde. The horde is much larger, and they're already in Hyboria. So the last page is Conan's people fighting these guys. So, long, long time ago, before World's Greatest Sidekick was able to join us, before the lightning bolt crashed through the window and splashed him with chemicals, and Paul was was granted the powers to be the world's greatest sidekick, and before that pinhole opened up in the universe and the Beyonder looked through and said, "My comic is the best." It was Derek and I that spoke about comics, and the very first thing I reviewed was Savage Avengers, and it was one of my favorite books. Uh, yes, yes, I remember. Yes. And Conan stand. This Conan book stands up, even though he's no longer running around with the Marvel Universe. This Conan book holds up. So, wow. wrap things up. The call, wow. good read. You should read it. Alice Wonderland, hard pass. Conan, <laughs> you should definitely read it. All Done. right. All right. Good job, guys. Wow. Um. <laughs> all right. Cool. So there we go. So that's it for our reviews. No, just um. <laughs> So let's move on to, if we go in A, order of age, um, from oldest to youngest. Um, we are, that means Paul would have been first. He's older than me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So older than dirt, that would have been Paul. So we'll go with Paul next. What do you got, Paul? So you you already... Well, you Dario, said, Dario, did all, Dario did all my work for me for Conan. Yeah. So loved it. Thank you. Do you have Dario anything else? Or? No. <laughs> you don't have anything else. You nothing else you wanted to review. How about that? How was that issue of uh, Donald Duck that you wrote that you read? <laughs> it didn't end like I thought it would. Yeah, he didn't put pants on. Disappointing. <laughs> All right then. Nothing from the world's greatest sidekick. What a shocker. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm with you. Captain editor. How many months had it been? I don't know. Since what? Yeah. One month since yeah, he last did like time. one month. But before that, it was like six months before he. Oh. He's he's had done like three months in a row now. We like uh, we like bringing up the old days. Hail Hydra! <laughs> Hail Hydra! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh oh wait, I do have something. Oh oh oh! Is it the funny pages? Is it the peanuts? Nope. Is it Garfield? <laughs> Snoopy. Garfield strikes back. You pulling out your latest it's, issue, your latest uh, weekly newspaper? It's, Captain, it's the Captain America finale. Oh! How was that piece of trash? Did you read it? It's what? <laughs> I liked it. What is it? Captain America finale? I have no idea. It came out this week. It's finale what? number one. Finale yeah, number I got, one? I got, the be- I got the best cover. It's the best cover. Yeah. Yeah, Greg Land. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
Somebody came up to me and was like, can I have the Greg Land cover for Captain America? And literally, I handed it to him. I was just like, take it. Like, what do you mean? You don't like Greg Land? I'm like, I'm not going to say I like him. I didn't get to read it yet, but I saw the I saw that cover and I had to pick it up. Just for you, buddy. All right. Well, he's the worst. There we go. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So that's going to be Dario's uh, off the shelf pick when we do our our favorite artist, Greg Land. (laughs) 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 All right, then let's move on. I can pick. I can pick. I can pick a lot of the guys I hate the most, and he'd be on the list. <laughs> Let's we should move. we should get a list of the artists you hate the most. Yeah, we just do. We'll just all start the least. From them. Uh, all right. Let's move on to you, John. What do you got for us? All right, I got one book. It's uh, Shazam: Night Terrors, <clears throat> and I picked it up because it's the Jerry Oddway uh, cover. I don't know. If I didn't you see that cover. I love that. that. Yeah, it's uh, it's the one in 14, so I figured I'd pick it up. I like the cover. And at first, I wasn't sure if it was Shazam now, or Black Adam. Yeah, because they're both in the cover. Have you... Or is that not Black Adam? Well, is that, it's uh, Mary Marvel. Is that Evil Billy or it, is that Black it's, Adam? It's, uh, it's uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel, as a night terror. So he's wearing a black suit. Oh. Have you been so reading, any's, have you been reading any of the other Night Terror stuff? I haven't. This is the first one I picked up. The only thing I know about it is what Dario said on the last podcast. So and the I have the miniseries is basically over. Uh there's a there's a Omega issue coming out that's gonna wrap everything yeah. up. But I have I, I have I have the whole thing, but I haven't read anything past week one yet. Issue four no. issue the main issue four came out this week. Mm-hmm. Omega comes and out next week. I think Omega comes out next week. Mm-hmm. Okay. And guess what? They don't wrap things up in the fourth issue. Of not. <laughs> Why would they? All right, John, continue. So, this one is written by Mark Wade. The artist is Roger Cruz. The uh, inker is Wellington Diaz. The colorist is Eric Prianto. And the letterer is Troy Pichieri. And the cover artist, well, the cover artist for this one is, uh, what would I say, uh, Jerry Onway, right? So it goes in, and basically, this book is called Shazam, but it's about Mary Marvel, right? And she's going through, and she falls asleep when she gets to her uh, house, and her brothers and sisters say, I, want I need this, I need that, and she's like, all right, I'm just going to take a nap, and then I'll, I'll help you get out. And basically, she takes a nap, and they're in the middle of a desert. And uh, she takes a nap Shazam. in the middle of a desert. Yeah, she wakes up in the middle of the desert. Mean, <laughs> and so Shazam pops up, but he's in a black costume, and it's almost like Black Adam. That's why I was confused at first. I thought it was Black Adam, but it's it's really uh, Captain Marvel, and he's basically terrorizing her and the siblings in a dream, and. Uh, house that they live in is actually in the desert and it catches on fire and she needs to uh, get water to put it out but Shazam doesn't let her put it out so uh, they get caught in that and then she wakes up and then basically the rest of the issue she's wakes up goes back to sleep wakes up goes back to so it's kind of like you really can't tell if it's a dream or not 
until it starts getting weird during the uh, part of the comic. But in the end, uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel traps her and uh, starts destroying all the siblings by yelling out Shazam while he's holding them. You know, and of course, a burst of lightning comes down. And so it's all a dream, of course. But and then it just ends where he says to her in her ear, Shazam. So it's kind of like we're now we wait till next issue. It says to be continued question mark. So we're going <laughs> to wait. I don't know if there is another issue of this or if it's tied what up. Issue, what issue number is it? This is issue number one. Oh, there's another one. OK, so. <clears throat> I thought it was okay, you know. It's it's all about dreams and stuff like that. Nothing's really real, so you, it's kind of hard to follow the storyline and stuff. I'm like, eh, it's okay, you know. But would I say it was worth the pickup? Probably not. You know, I like the cover. I almost wanted to get it because I'm such a fan of the Marvel family, and I <clears throat> look nice. But ultimately, all the spinoff stuff is just dream crap, right? So yeah. there's. I mean, if it was the Nightmare on Elm Street, I'd be different. But <laughs> so, will you be getting the second issue, John? Uh, maybe just to see what happens because I did pick this one up, and I am kind of curious. Did it make you want to read any of the other Night Terror books? It, if I come across something, I might look at them. But I'm not like, wow, I gotta, I gotta go out and read them, you know. But right. right, it, right. It'll probably be something like this where I saw the cover and the cover caught my eye, you know, and I was just like, wow, that's pretty cool. And, uh, but there's really no reason like for this miniseries to exist. It's not happening in October like it should. Right. It, it's, it's, it's a huge crossover. I mean, it involves everything and every other title got put on pause. Like the entire right, yeah. like up of DC has been paused for this. So. So if you had no if you had no interest in this, then you would have no DC books for what, like two months? Well, yeah, if you were gonna buy it. Yeah, two yeah, months, two months. I mean, I was picking up the Shazam book, which I think you had said, Dario, they're not putting out any other DC books. They're holding off. And so I'm guessing after this stuff is done, they're gonna go back to the regular story because the regular story, I think it was after issue two, this came out. Because I don't, yeah, there's, I don't only two issues. there's only been two issues of Shazam so far, and then they were like, Let's take a break because oh, yeah. God, there's two issues. So That's I was, was going to pick up issue three, and I saw this instead, so I kind of kind of picked it up. But yeah, I'll have to, I would have picked one up, but I didn't in this case, so well, I did, but it was, wasn't what I was looking for, you know. Okay, is that all you got, John? That's all I have. All right, my turn, my turn, my turn. All right, I have two books to review, and uh, the first book I have actually is a book. It actually came out um, a few a few months ago, but I'm just finally reading it now. And that is, uh, ooh, nice shirt, Dario. Star Blazers. Oh, Star Blazers. Anyway, uh, <laughs> my first book is Star Wars: Jabba's Palace. It is a one shot. Um, Marvel for the fortieth anniversary. 40th anniversary of Returning Jedi. You believe that? 40th Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for the 40th anniversary, Marvel put out a, uh, some one-shots. Um, Jeez. Including this one, is. Jabba's Palace. And what this this story basically is, um, and they, they actually have a, the a few panels in the beginning of the story, 
Do you remember you remember in Return of Jedi that Luke gave R2 and C3PO to Jabba as, you know, as uh, part of his plan? Mm-hmm. Is this a story that we never really cared about about how we how, how that happened? No. Um what it is is so if you remember think way back to the you remember the scene where the Gamorrean guards take R2 and C3PO down to the uh robot the droid I don't know processing center or whatever and yeah, we find out that robots can scream. Yes. That yes. scene exactly. And and um so basically, you know, they go to the the droid in charge and he asks them all these questions and stuff. And if you recall, the droid, um, I forget his name. I have the toy too, and I forget his name. But anyway, um, he says that it'll be good to have C3PO be a translator for Jabba because uh, Jabba, the last translator droid, kind of met with, uh, you know, a bad end <laughs> after Jabba got mad at him. Well. This is the story of why Jabba got mad at the droid. <laughs> you know, I've been, I read, I read I've this been book, really, actually. really wondering those questions. Yep. I got up the other day and I said, hey, that's a story I want to know. And this entire book answers that question. Um, <laughs> so basically what it is, is uh, one of, there was a, a Twi'lek, not Bib Fortuna, this Twi'lek with an eye patch who was trying to uh, infiltrate Jabba. Jabba's uh, network and, you know, gain some some power of for himself and everything. And so he convinced this droid to get him into places that would help him um, help his plans. So, you know, so he could get in and and get into Jabba's accounts and see what he has for money and everything. Not to steal his money, but just to spread rumors around with everybody and like sow dissent among the, the court. Jabba's court and everything, and and uh, then at the end, you know, of course, he gets found out, and uh, so Jabba sends the droid to be tortured, and there you have it, <laughs> and that's what happened to the previous protocol droid. What uh, was the name of the protocol droid? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was something. I don't remember. Oh, it's right. Here. Is it S? Is it S-P-Y-1? That's <laughs> cute, but no. No? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, let's see. His name is A-D-M. A-D-A-M. E-I-G-H-T-Y-E-M. A-D-M. Thank you for looking that up. Now I, now I, now I have that knowledge. <laughs> he can sleep. He can sleep well tonight. <laughs> so there you go. Um, hey, you want to buy some dust sticks? <laughs> uh, did did I love the story? No, I mean, it, it wasn't bad. It was just eh, whatever. Um, am I going to throw this over my shoulder? No, because it's a Star Wars book. Listen, there's some Star Wars stories that no one really cares about. Yeah. Um, like I don't want I, someone's going to write a story that's going to focus entirely upon that two-headed alien that that <laughs> commentated that commentated the, the yeah. pod racers. It's going to be like it's probably going to be like a four-issue miniseries. Yeah, really. Two issues for each head. <laughs> we'll see it. We'll see it. In different, <laughs> like different 
<laughs> perspectives from each head. Dario, you it's may you, you, you may recall that they wrote an entire issue about why C three PO got a red arm in the Force I Awakens. I didn't recognize him because of his red arm. <laughs> he hasn't told me. It's a good thing you said, Anna. <laughs> yes, they did an entire issue on why he got the red arm. And he had a replacement. He ended the first movie like he just didn't give a shit. I know, right? <laughs> An issue, I might add, that got continuously delayed (laughs) until it finally came out. And really, considering what the story was, should have been like a free comic book day book. Yeah. But instead, they charged like five bucks for it or something. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, I'm waiting waiting for the five-patter on the gonk droid. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) Twelve issues minimum. Which which gonk droid? Um, the one, the one that, the one that ran away from the, from the, from uh it was on the Imperial, it was on the Death Star and ran away from the freaking dog droid. I was, what a, you know, genius idea. I think we should definitely write both those stories. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my, I have one more book to go, and you had more than one. Yes, I did. Oh, must have been a good week. And my next book is uh, from Dark Horse Comics, and it is a little book called Barnstormers. Oh, I bought that. It's really thick. Did you read it yet? No, but I have issue one and two. Good, then shut up. Um, (laughs) 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 Uh, So, let me give you my review. Is the second issue really thick, or is it just... This it's still first. just as thick. You know why? It's because I think it's like that other one that I bought, um, Clear. I think it's. I think that's all the stuff that he did that he published online first. Uh, so, um, so this is called Barnstormers, a ballad of love and murder. And um, I was in the store, in your store, Dario, walking by, mm. and, and this kind of caught my eye just because I like the cover. It's a cool-looking cover. Um, so I picked it up and I looked through it and the artwork is beautiful. I love the artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and I was like, Oh, this is interesting. It is. Um, it is a four ninety nine book, but it is also a very thick book. It's, it's, it's got more pages in it than your normal book, which is good. Um, and then I looked at the creative team and I almost put it back on the shelf. Almost. Oh, but, then, but then I decided, no, let's give it a chance. And let me tell you why I almost put it back on the shelf. The creative team. No, no. It's actually got good artwork. Uh, The art for the book is by (laughs) Tula Lote uh, with color by D. Kniffy. Letters by Richard Starkings. Haven't heard that name in a while. And um, all of that's great. The artwork is amazing. I love it. The color is beautiful. Lettering, even the lettering's great. It's all great. The problem is, the writer of this book is one Scott Snyder. And I have had very, very mixed feelings about Scott Snyder. Um, He's done some stuff that I actually liked, but he's also done some stuff that I really, really, really did not like. Um, Like, uh, he did the heavy metal stuff... For DC, he did, uh, um, what else did he do, Dario? He did Batman. Know. He wrote Batman Forever. He did, yes, the not, Batman. It's not called Batman Forever. He wrote Batman for yeah. a very long time. His Batman run I didn't really love. 
Um, Justice League. Justice League. I think he did, didn't he? Yeah. Which I also didn't. I think I believe there. No, that wasn't him. Um. Anyway, yeah. So he's done some stuff that I lately haven't really loved. So I was like, I dislike his writing very, very much. Yes. So I read, I read clear thinking it would be good and I didn't like it. So, so, I mean, I haven't read barnstorming yet and I'm hoping I'm going to enjoy it, but I'm going to listen to you. Okay. So like I said, uh, I almost put the book back when I saw that he wrote it, but then I was like, you know what? It's kind of cool. It's a beautiful book. Let me give it a shot. So basically what it is, is it takes place in the twenties and it's about a, um, a, a pilot in a, who has a, pilots his own um, biplane uh he was in world war one a pilot in world war one and now he kind of travels across the country with his plane um as a barnstormer which they uh they would go around and do perform like mini air shows with their planes and do stunts and stuff and and try to get you know get paid for doing that and um atari games yeah, <laughs> I remember that game. Um, so, combat. Um, it starts out with him. You know, he, he's kind of not doing great. He's not making a whole lot of money. Uh, so he goes to this one town, and uh, he comes across a crowd of people that he thinks are for him because he had he had somebody um, try to gather people to to watch him, um, and he had a woman that was helping him. And then uh, so he goes. And he starts doing some stunts for these people. And then something happens and he crashes his plane and and finds out that all these people weren't gathered together for him. They were gathered together for a wedding. And so he's like, he's like, look, guys, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to crash your wedding. It's all good. Let me just get out of here and you can go on. But instead, what they do is the groom punches him, knocks him out, and then they... Uh, handcuff him in their garage so that the police can come and get him. <laughs> but he wakes up a little while later with a black eye, and he finds out that the handcuffs are actually not uh, not tightened around his wrist. They're they're loose, so he just gets out and he tries to escape. Goes back to his plane where he finds the bride who's at the wedding sitting there waiting for him, and she basically says, "I don't want to marry this guy. You got to get me out of here." And he says, why would I do that? She pulls out a shotgun and says, I don't know. I got a few reasons. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so he takes her. And, and they, Who the hell was the shotgun? <laughs> behind the bouquet? He, exactly. Six reasons <laughs> <of> this gun. <laughs> so um, he takes her oh. and they, they fly away. Uh, then they go to the next town where they crash this party, this rich person's party of people they know. And the pilot... Um, the Pilot accidentally kills a rich guy at the party who's who's like his business is um neon gas neon signs and stuff and the reason he kills him is because he hallucinates that the guy is and here's where it gets really interesting he, he hallucinates that the guy is a weird robot type creature which he, he's been, throughout the whole book, he's hallucinated a couple of times seeing this robot-esque thing chasing him. And he says, he mentioned something about it's been following him, I guess, since the war. Let me see if I can get a good image, a good picture of it. Here we go. Okay, yeah. So, of course, you know, this is audio, but I can show you guys. Uh, right here, this is what the thing chasing him looks like. 
That's cool. Yeah. Very steampunk. Yes, yeah, very steampunk. Um, so he thought he very hellscape steampunk. Yes. So he hallucinates. Uh, so the guy who was the rich guy he was talking to was talking to him about neon gas, and he turned on this neon sign, and he he saw in the light. He thought the guy was the robot chasing him, so he ended up killing him. And then he and the woman are like, oh no, what are we going to do now? So they decide that they're going to team up and go out and chase their dreams and become some kind of Bonnie and Clyde-like team, I guess, but with a plane. I don't know. But anyway, um, the point is <laughs> I actually like the book. Sounds good. It It's a Scott Snyder book that I actually liked. Um, the story was interesting, the characters were interesting, and I'm looking forward to reading more. So He did it. Scott Snyder did it. He did it. So I'm gonna have to he pick up <laughs> I'm gonna have to pick up issue two if it's still available. And uh yeah, I'm actually looking forward to reading more of it. I don't know I don't know if it's a mini series or, or an ongoing, but uh I'm gonna stick with it. So there you go. So Dario, um I definitely recommend it. Good. Like it. Yeah, I hope I hope issue two is is good, and and like I said, it's it's a it's a five ninety nine book, but it is um it is a longer book than normal, so that was good. You know, you never comics are not that big anymore, and then even if it is a really like like meaty book, a lot of times there's no dialogue. Scott Snyder right, yeah, can write, yeah. even if we don't like his writing, he can at least write. Yeah, and and. Definitely, the artwork is is definitely worth it on this book. It's really good. So yeah. There you go. I mean, I bought, I bought books in the past where, like, I was a big fan of the Lone Ranger comic that Dynamite put out a hundred years ago. Oh yeah. There was no dialogue in that book. It was like twenty four pages with two pages of dialogue. So. I know, right? And it kind of feels like I don't know, you know, like not that you're getting ripped off necessarily, but you know, you feel like you're getting less, even though I don't know, are you really? Right. I was liking the book, but I just felt like I don't know. Yeah, you know what. I mean? Oh, yes, exact. I know exactly what you mean. All right, so that's going to do it for our review. So now it's time for us to move on. <laughs> to our next segment, which is, of course, our off-the-shelf book. And this month, we're starting something different with our off-the-shelf books. Um, we are going to... Uh, we thought it would be interesting to pick books from each of our favorite writers and artists and such. Uh, and we're going to start with writers, and we're going to start with Dario. So, Dario, tell us about your favorite writer and why you chose this book and, of course, what this book is. I chose Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow by Alan Moore. This is a, only a two-issue story. This was published in Action and in Superman uh, back in 80... I wonder if I can find out the exact date that this was published. Uh, I think I'll leave that for my editor in the background to look up. Uh (laughs) Actually, I I did just have it, so... So, Alan Moore has been one of my favorite writers since I first encountered his work in Swamp Thing, I believe, would have been the first... Did he write Swamp Thing before Watchmen? Another good question. He did? So, I, so okay, so I read Swamp Thing, I loved his work, and then from there I pretty much read everything he's done. Um, honestly, there's a well-known, you know, argument that Alan Moore is one of the people that kind of turned the Silver Age into the Dark Age of comics. And when I say the Dark Age, I mean everything went from being Bob Zhao to, oh my God, that guy's dead, you know, that kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Yeah. 
Campy to Grim. Right. Yeah, basically so, him and Frank Miller. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's part of the core group for sure. Um, um, and One second before you continue. Pardon yeah. the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. Uh, so this came out in 1986. 86, uh, yeah. Issue so this 23. Was... It began in Superman 423 and ended in Action 583. This so, is DC's, DC's um, official way to end the original run of Superman. Right. So Superman, Action Comics comes out, very, very popular. Superman gets his own book. Superman's in Action Comics and in Superman from the 40s up. And when DC did their super successful Crisis on Infinite Earths, and they were rebooting their entire universe, Jules Schwartz, I don't know who approached to first, and I'm sure it's addressed in the forward here, which I didn't read, or I haven't read recently. Um, this is a wrap-up for that Silver Age Superman. Uh, so basically, Alan Moore is kind of like his love letter to that, and also not as light as, as, as that old Superman stuff. So, I mean, I've just, I've just loved his writing for a while. Superman's been one of my favorite characters forever. When I was a kid and I read this, a friend of mine read it first, and he said, Dara, you need to read this. He goes, this is like one of the best things I've ever read. And I was like, ah, whatever. Uh, I looked at it and saw that George Perez did the art, and I love George Perez. Um, and then I noticed that Kurt Swan did most of the art in the other one, um, I think in the action, the action issue. I'll find it right now. And um, I'm a big fan of Kurt Swan. Um, I'm thankful to say that I, I have his autograph, even though I never met him. Uh, I do have his autograph. Uh, I'd like to get out Moore's autograph now if I could. Um, Good luck. Yeah, I don't think he's ever signed anything. Um, but this is just, it's only two issues, and it's Superman's identity is revealed. Always, always uh, nemesis um, start attacking him. And they go from being pranksters and tricksters to murderers. And Lois Lane is being interviewed 10 years into the future after Superman disappears, um, allegedly dead or disappeared. Um, and um, the, the, the guy who's interviewing Lois, she's already married at this point. Um, and she has a kid. And they're like, yeah, it's a dark time. It's when all these, all these, all these like, the harmless characters showed up and, and just suddenly went crazy. And, and, and if we had someone like the prankster and the toy man becoming murderers, what was it going to be like? What was it going to be like when the actual murderers show up? You know, like when Luther shows up, he's already a bad guy. Yeah. He's going to be even worse. So, and in that classic Alan Moore fashion, he does take us down roads that we're expecting, like the classic uh, Luther Brainiac team up. Amazing. Uh, Brainiac is been they, they, at the beginning of the story they talk about how all these characters haven't been seen for a while and luther when we flash to what luther is doing he goes to find brainiac he finds his head and when he picks the head up he plans on dissecting it figuring out what's going on but instead he finds out that brainiac's still active inside that head because this is back when brainiac is more of a, a skeletal robot looking thing and it, it just takes over his body so we have the ultimate brainiac luther team um against luther's will and then the Legion of Superheroes show up, and the Legion of, of, of Supervillains show up, and Supergirl shows up, and Crypto shows up, and the Fortress of Solitude's involved, and we got the Giant Key, and then Batman and Superman and Captain Marvel all show up, even though they're just like 
the entire time all the other heroes are outside this force field they can't get in um but this is great it wraps up everything in two issues i've read this story like over and over again so many times um it's not as daunting as watchmen it's not as daunting as reading 50 plus issues of swamp thing <laughs> it kind of gets to it kind of gets to where i think al Moore, you know was as a writer so i love it i think it's great what did you guys think I like how they killed. Go ahead, Paul. What? What's that, Paul? Go ahead. I said I like how they showed all the all the villains that look like like what they look like back in this in the Silver Age. Yeah. The only one I don't I don't think they did was that Terra the Terra Man. They mentioned him. They mentioned Terra Man. Terra Man and um. And he died. They said he died. Yeah, Terra Man and Parasite got in a fight and they died. And so they just kind of they, very quickly they're like, oh by the way, Terra Man and Parasite. So if you don't know who Terra Man is, he's a cowboy. He's a little on the Pegasus. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, what about oh, Zardoz is in here too. They they show him like real quick for a second. Um, the guy, the guy that I don't I don't know what his name is, but there's a character that basically is a uh, is modeled after Sean Connery from Zardoz. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's only he's like this big in the background. So what do you think, John? I thought so. My thought on Alan Moore is uh, I've never really read any of his stuff up until like a year ago or so. Mm-hmm. I did some of his Swamp Thing, and I was intrigued by it. And I always thought, oh, geez, you know, was, I don't even know what he's written in The Watchmen, right? And whenever I see the Watchmen on the counter, you know, I always look at the artwork and I said, oh, geez, I just can't do it. And maybe someday I'll pick it up. You don't like Dave Gibbons? Oh, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't even know who Dave Gibbons is. I would the artist of Watchmen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so this was pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I always wondered what did they because uh, I started reading. You know, I read Superman before this, obviously a few years mm-hmm. before this. But then I got into the John Byrne Superman, which comes after this. But I thought. You know, it sounds like they said to Alan Moore, hey, listen, we need to get rid of Superman. We're starting new. Can you find a way to end his story but make it classy? And I think this is pretty good considering, you know, the biggest superhero ever made, right? That to me is like a daunting task, right? Who wants to do that? You know, Uh, but I I thought it was very interesting. Of course, George Perez and his Kurt Swan. Right. Uh, I didn't really know Kurt Swan before this, but now that I've looked through it, I can see some of uh, whenever I see the old books, I can recognize his artwork, of course. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, this is this was interesting. Uh, it, you know, like I've read the Swamp Things, uh, some of them. I think I've read like the first 20 issues and it was very interesting, but this was pretty good, you know. But it, it makes me wonder if they did this to Superman. I don't think they did the same thing to Batman. They so didn't, it was kind they of didn't, they, they really didn't wrap up anybody else. So they may have done something yeah. with Batman, but they didn't, didn't. They didn't. You know what? They didn't give Batman that treatment until about five years ago, maybe ten years ago, when they let really? Neil Adams write write the basic the, the the last Batman story. You guys remember that? I don't know if you do or not. I do. Yeah. Yeah. They they were kind of yeah. wrapping up Batman at that point too. Okay. Um, but it was not that long ago. It was like maybe ten years at the most. And I didn't read that, but it was supposed to be. I think it was whatever happened to the, the Dark Knight Detective. So it's kind of a play on this title too. Mm. And one of the things that I whatever, I happened, whatever happened to the Cape Crusader? Yeah, and I got I got to read that. I haven't read that. 
mostly because I'm not a huge fan of uh, Neil Gaiman. Um, but I forgot to mention that you know, with all the death that happens in this book, and there's not a lot, but the death that happens is significant. I mean, they kill yeah Jimmy Olsen. They kill um, God. I can't Crypto. remember his childhood friend there. The one that the one that the, that they tore. Yeah, they kill Luther. Um, they kill. Um, come on, Dario, get his name here. Um, he's the reason why they find out Superman is Superman is Clark Kent. Didn't they? Didn't they kill Pete? That's it, Pete Ross. Thank you. So they kill Pete Ross. Um, they kill Lana Lang. That's big. Um, not just yeah. not just Jimmy, but they kill Lana Lang. Uh, but when it's all said and done, it ends with a wink, as they say in the intro. There, um, yeah. we find out we find out that Superman didn't die. He defeated all his enemies at the end, um, and he gave up his because because he was forced to kill Mixoplick, who turns out to be the main bad guy. Um, he goes into his kryptonite, gold kryptonite chamber, loses his powers, and we all think he's gone, you know, because he disappears after that. But what he does is he just changes his identity to someone who's powerless, marries Lois, and has a kid. And when they're letting, when they're letting the, um, the the reporter out, uh, Superman gives a sly wink to the reader so you know right. that it's Superman. <laughs> and in the background... Their baby, baby John, reaches over and grabs a piece of coal out of the coal thing and squeezes it into a diamond. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. I, yeah. I'm very curious about this this picture here. Did Supergirl have a, a different costume at one time where she wore? Yeah. Okay. No, that's Superwoman. That's Superwoman. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was a there was a character called Superwoman that was I believe from the future and she got I can't remember they introduced her about a year or two before Crisis on Infinite Earths and she never really took off uh, okay. but she had a mask um, so no it's not that's not Supergirl okay because I think Supergirl is in this somewhere as well yeah she comes back in time with the Legion of Superheroes oh right yeah. Um, Superman, when they show up, Superman's busy like looking at the memorial for Supergirl because she's dead at this point. That's right. Yes. I'm trying to think of something. She died in crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. She didn't die. By yeah. And this is, that's a weird timing for this book. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> but I loved it. John, you liked it. Paul, I know yeah, you liked it. I liked it. Yeah. Eric, you have any thoughts? Did you not read yeah, it? I thought it was really good. Um, had you read it before this? No, I had not. Interesting. Uh, is it? <laughs> um, I've never like back back then back when this came out I was not really a big Superman reader. Um I've never really been a big Superman reader so I missed this. I've always heard about it. Um and uh yeah, reading it was really interesting. It was really um it felt I don't know exactly how to put this. It felt not I don't want to say it felt like grown-up Superman, but it felt it definitely felt like a chain like a, a different kind of story. Felt like it felt like Alan Moore yeah. wrote. Yes, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Basically, <yes>. yeah. <laughs> um but, but yeah, it was really good. It was really interesting. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that it's the fact that it's a story that um it's a famous, you know, famous story and, and everything. And it's only like two issues kind of blows my mind. Like when you hear like when you hear people talk about this story, it's like you figure like, oh, it's gonna be like a six issue miniseries or something like that. But no, it's only two issues. Yeah, he could have dragged yeah. this out, but instead right. they took the last two issues from his ongoing book, told the story, and it was done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was clean, neat, 
very, very good. Cool. Very cool. I didn't even know this existed, really. I always wondered, oh, what did they do with the old Superman? I said, oh, I should look that up someday. <laughs> and, you know, now I've read it, obviously, but yeah, it's kind of strange how I never never came across it until now. Does yours have, um, does yours have um, an introduction in it like mine? I know you've got a different printing. you got a soft cover. Yeah, I, I have. This is the Alan Moore, all of the Alan Moore Supermans. So there's oh. four... Four People stories in here. Yeah. So this is the front cover. Uh, oh yeah. There is so it's an the same as mine. So it's got the it's got the swamp thing. It's got the, yes. the yep. oh that was it's, good it's too. Got the, it's got the annual where it fights Mongo in it. Yep. And yeah, the, yeah, so um, another another um like storyline I've seen the cartoons and stuff, the uh the the flower, um the plant. Oh yeah. yeah, Black Death. Yes, the Black Death, that's the one, yeah. Which is interesting. <laughs> That's the Mon- it's Mercy of the Black Death. That's the Mongol story. It's yeah, such, such a classic story. Yeah, like like what do you what do you do to defeat Superman? You give him everything you ever wanted, right? Yeah. Um. I, yeah. Like I, I said, I've seen that in in the cartoon, so I'm very familiar with that story. But not, you know, it was cool to read the original. All right. So, um, anything else you want to say about this book? Nope. All right then. Uh, an excellent choice, Dario. Uh. Next episode will be my choice, <laughs> and have I got a, a choice for you guys? Uh, I love I Casper. I'm really looking forward to reading it. No, Casper no, no. the Friend Ghost. Actually, we talked oh, about oh, sorry, Richie Rich. Um, oh, Richie Rich. I was gonna leave it for a surprise for you, Dario, but I think I'll just let you know right now. Um, Paul, John, and I were talking about earlier today when we were playing D and D. Um, there's a little book called Warriors of Plasm. Um, by uh, an unknown writer named Jim Shooter, and I think that's not. <laughs> I hope to God that's your choice. I would love to read that book again because no. I'm sure it's the trashiest trash in the world. The lowest of the low. It is not going to be that one. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> So that will be it for our off-the-shelf book. You're so disgusting, you gotta get up and leave. <laughs> so let's He's like, move. I'm done. Let's move on. <laughs> Before <laughs> hey, Dario, is that space go? Is that space? Yeah, stop, lasers. Yeah, we already... When you, were, when you stepped away, I had I showed these guys. I, got, I bought this, this T-shirt online. You know, today's my first day wearing it. I love Star Blazers. All right, so uh, cool now our final segment, um, we're going to talk about a couple of different things, a couple of news stories and things. Um, first thing, I don't know if we mentioned this on a previous episode, but there was uh, there were plans, there are plans in the works for a uh, movie based on the character Nit Nitwit. Oh, Nightwing, Nightwing, um, and um, really. And and the latest the latest news <laughs> the latest news on that is the uh, Nightwing movie is now um, officially uh, dead, so that won't be happening. And uh, that's that's all uh, that's all I had to say on that. I hope you die in a fire. <laughs> wow. And I hope you. I hope you go last. That way, you see all your little transformers just go. <laughs> <laughs> all 
Um, and now just a quick little thing. Um, I thought this would be kind of interesting to talk about really briefly. Um, I have an article here. Um, it is the the 50 strongest characters in DC. Um, and we'll just go over them real quick and you can give me your thoughts on them. Here we go. Number 50, Superboy, John Kent. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like that one? You like that one? Yep. All right. Uh, 49, Our Man. What did you say? Our Man? Our Man. Our Man. Our. Anyway, they're saying that he's more powerful than John Kent. That is what they're saying, yes. Nope, don't agree. Don't agree. Wait, which, (laughs) wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Which, which Our Man, the android or the human? Uh, Rick Tyler. Rick Tyler? Oh. I think they were both called Rick Tyler. So the, I don't know. That's all. It doesn't specify then. All right. Um, number 40. No. Well, I don't know if you're going to agree with a lot of this, seeing that they put John Kent as last. So just try to, you know, yeah. get over that. Because number 48 is Paul's favorite, Aquaman. <laughs> See? I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> oh, boy. You're going to be kidding me. That guy is more powerful than Superboy. <laughs> um, number 47, Wonder Girl. Okay. Uh, Wonder Girl. Oh, wait a minute. Now are they saying that Wonder Girl is stronger than Aquaman? Yes. Oh, well, I believe that. <laughs> Wonder Girl, Donna Troy? Um, no, because it, it would be called, it would be Troya. Cassie Sandsmark? It's the blonde okay, one. That's different. Cassie Sandsmark is the power given to her by the gods, so yeah. yeah. Um, she is less powerful than Donna Troy. Uh, next up, yes. 46, a character I'm not familiar with. Loose Cannon. Loose Ooh. Cannon. I think he was one of the guys that created it all about three, four years ago. I think he's like a blue version of a Hulk. Uh, that is what he looks like, yes. But it says he was... That was DC. He yes. was, yeah, he was introduced in the nineties. Just a blue Hulk. Um, actually, you know, he kind of looks like a blue saber tooth in this picture. But let me see if I can show you. Uh, <sighs> I don't know if you can see that. Uh, it looks like there's too much of a glare. Yep. But yeah, I don't know who that is. Yeah. All right, moving on. Forty-five. Adam Smasher. He's strong. <laughs> is he stronger than Aquaman? No. Yes. You don't Adam Smasher? Then Aquaman? Everybody's stronger than Aquaman. Oh my god, Aquaman's so fucking strong. <laughs> the only thing the only strong about Aquaman is his breath. Ooh. It's showed up. <laughs> uh, 44, <laughs> Captain Marvel Jr. Yep. Okay, I give, I give it. He's strong. Alright, alright. Uh, 43. Every other Marvel, Marvel family member better be on this list. Uh, I don't yeah, think there's all any beyond others, there. No. I don't think so. They don't list anybody else. <laughs> um, number 43, the Con L Superboy. He's strong. Yep. He's just a freaking clone. He's not Luther. <laughs> number 42, Ultra Boy. Yeah. Ultra Boy. Oh, Ultra Boy is one of the Legion of Superheroes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got everybody's power, doesn't he? Paul, what's he got? He's got, he's got super strength, super endurance, super speed. He's pretty much... He's like Superboy without... Yeah, he's got, he wears the red costume right. with the weird kind of eagle thing on his chest, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the green eagle thing. Yeah. 
Uh, says here he has been proven to have all of Superman's skills, although he can only utilize one at a time. Yeah, that was. His oh, weakness. that's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, he has to use his X-ray vision in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Number forty-one, <laughs> Big Barda. I love Big Barda. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's a new god. Yep. Yep. Number forty, Mary Marvel. Yep. There you go, Dario. Oh. No, she ain't stronger than than Bada. You don't think so? No. She's pretty strong, right? Harry Marvel's probably stronger than Aquaman. Yeah, I would say that, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I would think <laughs> Big Bada would be stronger, but... Yeah. All right. 39, Omac. Nice. He's on the list. Yeah. He's on the list. One Man Army Corps. Yep. One Man Army Corps. Wait, which uh, Homac? Buddy <laughs> Baker? Yep. Nice. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, number 38, Donna Troy. Definitely, yes. definitely stronger than Aquaman. <laughs> yes. Uh, number 37, interesting, Lobo. Lobo's super strong. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when Lobo first showed up and he was just a skinny little guy, and then after that they turned him into. Yeah. You were happy with steroids. Then, then remember when they redid him and he was this weird little. Um, he was a metro kid. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is an interesting one. Uh, number thirty-six. The entire Green Lantern Corps. No. The same. The entire powerful. Green Lantern Corps. Yes, is stronger than than Aquaman. Yes, <laughs> but the, the whole core is only thirty-six. That seems. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe willpower. I guess. And even then, I can challenge that. <laughs> All right, how about number 35, Reverse Flash? No. You're killing me. <laughs> You're literally killing me. All right. right. You're saying that the Reverse Flash is stronger than Aquaman? Yep. <laughs> I'm <going back> this. <laughs> All right, how about number 34, The Red Death? What the fuck's The Red Death? Oh, that's Evil Flash. So someone's got a hard-on for Evil Flash. Keep going. <laughs> a twisted <laughs> hybrid of Batman and the Flash. From the Dark Knight's Metal by my favorite, Scott Snyder. Uh, <laughs> 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 number 33, Supergirl. Kara Zor-El. She's pretty powerful. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 32, Mon-El. Yes. Uh, 31... It's even though he's not a Kryptonian. 31. Is oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He's a... Say that again? What? He's not a Kryptonian, right? He's, he's one of those other ones. He's a Daxamite. Daxamite? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's basically Kryptonian, but he's not. He's no, a he's a Daxamite. Daxamite. <laughs> this couldn't remember what it was until you, until you challenged me, and then I had to dig into my brain. It's Daxamite. Yeah. You're welcome. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Number 31, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman. Ooh, yeah. number 30, one of my favorites. Martian Manhunter. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, number 29, another interesting one. You mean telling me that Martian Manhunter is stronger than Wonder Woman? Yep. No. And Aquaman. Yep. Well, everybody's stronger than Aquaman. How many times <laughs> they got to say it? Um, number 30. 20- Nightwing. Nightwing is stronger than Aquaman. Whoa. 
Whoa. Whoa. Those are some bold words. Whoa. Yeah. Well, not really, because Aquaman has a movie and Nightwing doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the movie movie wasn't that great. That's true. But there's a second one coming. (laughs) Uh, Number 29 is another weird one. It's the Guardians of the Universe. All of them. Oh, the Owens? The little blue guys? Yeah. Yeah. What's the name of this article again? The 50 most powerful DC characters. So, this is the strongest. Oh, I'm sorry. The 50 strongest DC Comics characters. Like the physically strongest? I don't know. It or doesn't specify. Well, actually, uh, it might okay. in the beginning, but who cares? Who wrote this article? Can we get them on the phone? <laughs> yeah, let's get them on the phone. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. 29, the Guardian. The Guardian of the Galaxy. Number 28. Ah, the new god, Orion. Oh, he's very yeah, powerful. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, 27, another one of my favorites, Power Girl. Greatest, yep. so, yeah. greatest costume ever. <laughs> Number 26, <laughs> Bizarro. So real quick, Bizarro. you know the story behind that costume, right? Huh? You know the story behind that costume, right? W- yeah. Yeah. No. What? The Wally, the Wally, the Wally Wood story? No. So... He gave her the little, well, first she didn't really have the boob window, right? <laughs> the cleavage window. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, um, so before they put that in her costume, she was just wearing a white, white bodysuit. Mm. But uh, Wally Wood thought that nobody was paying attention. He didn't like the editorial staff, and he felt like nobody was paying attention to his work. <laughs> so every issue he made the breasts bigger and bigger and bigger until finally somebody was like, hey. <laughs> Relax, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's how that happened. <laughs> uh, great story. Great story. All right. Number 25, a uh, character I'm not familiar with, Valor. Oh, what? yeah. He's a strong Valor, guy. that's basically. Monel. Yeah, it's Monel. Same guy, isn't it? Or is his uh, ancestor? Monel, uh, that was during the uh, the Griffin run on yeah. uh, Legion. Uh, yeah, I think he's the same guy. Yeah, he's the same guy. Valor was banished to the Phantom Zone, uh, where he's forced to live alone uh, because he was poisoned. Yeah, he, was, he had lead poisoning. Oh, no, that's not right. Uh, that lead poisoning. Well, maybe, he, maybe, yeah, maybe he was... Because Monel Monel's weakness is lead. Yeah, because Monel's a Daxamite. So maybe they are different people. Largan. All right. Um, number twenty-four. Shazam. The yep. wizard. No, Captain Marvel. <laughs> Billy Batson. Stronger Captain than Marvel. Stronger than Aquaman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. And Wonder Woman. Not by, not by much. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Number 23. 23 is Superman. What? Uh, which, which Superman? The Superman. <laughs> uh, Earth 1 Superman? Earth 2 Superman? The main Superman. Must be Earth 1. The Superman from Maine? The, yes, <laughs> exactly. Just stop. Just stop, okay? Right now. Just stop. <laughs> So, according to this list, there are 22 people more characters more powerful than Superman. 
or stronger than Superman, I should say, including at number 22, Damage. Oh, goodbye. I'm not familiar with. Damage? Damage was, um, Damage was was Adam Smasher. Ah. Yeah, he was in the, uh... Says the military conducted research using dark matter on him. Uh, Infinity Inc. Yeah, wait. Infinity Inc. was Ray, Adam Smasher, um, Obsidian, Gabe. Yeah, those are all, all characters from Infinity Inc. I think go on a memory. He was he was he was somebody's kid. I think he was the Adams kid. I'm uh, probably wrong. He's definitely a JSA a JSA kid. All right, uh, moving on. Number twenty one, Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate's pretty powerful. Yes, yes, yes. And he's magic, so he could defeat Superman. Yep. Uh, here we go. We're getting into some big guns now. Number twenty, Parallax. The uh, former, formerly known as Hal Jordan. <laughs> the, the Demon Parallax or Hal Jordan? Parallax? Hal Jordan Parallax. Uh, Is Eclipse on this list? We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you who is on this list. Number 19, uh, Sinar. I'm not familiar with Sinar. Sinestro? No, Sinar. S-Y-N-N-A-R. Um, Who's he from? Uh, he is also known as the Demiurge. First appeared during the Holy War, which ravaged planet Ran and ushered it into the Dark Ages. So he's a Thanagarian bad guy? Right. Uh, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Uh, I think I know what it is. He I also- think he's the... He's a powerful demon dude that I think back in the 90s they kind of used him to bring back Hawkman. Oh, uh, yes. Um, he was, has... that during, was that during the uh, Therian something war? The Rand Thanagar War or before that? The Thanagarian Pumpkin right. War? Is that what you said? Yeah, Thanagarian yeah. Pumpkin <laughs> War. <laughs> Um, he's, he's connected to Hawkman. He can access Hawkman's memories. Um and his fate was interwoven with Hawkman. He used to oh, be, he was he was like the he was a mate. He used to be God's architect, uh, and he battled God's troops, nearly single handedly defeating them all. So there we go. He's now he has evolved into an evil cosmic dictator. Okay. Uh, number eighteen. We're definitely getting into some weird stuff here. Uh, the great evil beast. Great evil beast. Yeah, I just heard him. Uh, The Great Evil Beast is a cosmic monster that many perceive to be a demon that first appears in the Swamp Thing comics page. So his name is Newman. (laughs) Yeah. The real embodiment of evil, best described as a force of nature, uh, and can be seen as God's dark side capable of utter destruction and chaos. All right. Uh... Not familiar with that one, so okay. Uh, moving on. Number 17, Infinity Man. Oh, yeah. So, if you don't know who Infinity Man is, all the all the forever people touch a box, and they say a magic word, and they become Infinity Man. Ooh, that's... All right. Ooh. What? Almost like, trans- <laughs> almost like transforming into Voltron. Yeah, really. Yeah. With yeah. their powers combined, it's basically like Captain Planet. It hey, also- can we pause? Can we pause this for a second? I want to ask something. Yeah. You know who I wanted to see in um, Man of Tomorrow that they de- they didn't mention was the co- uh, 
Because, uh, because Paul, what the hell? The what? It, he was Superman and Batman combined to green skin. Oh, the composite oh, yeah. Superman, Batman. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot all about him. I thought I thought for sure that they would be that he would be in the Man of Tomorrow. <laughs> nope. That's the time he was. Yeah. At his at his height. Don't I don't even think he was mentioned. He wasn't. All right, continuing on with number 16. <laughs> yeah, that's him. But I'm surprised they never mentioned him. Uh, number 16 is Darkseid. He's dusty. Yeah. Very powerful. Very powerful. Points, yeah. Number 15, The Monitor. Yep. <laughs> number 14, another one I'm not familiar with, Dax Novu. Dax? Dax Novu. That's, that's a, a uh, character. Says he was... What? The first concept created by the Over Monitor. Given oh, yeah, I know who that is. Given yeah, he's task. He's a um, oh Max. He's a uh, Grant Morrison creation. Oh, ah, okay. Well, that explains it. <laughs> uh, next up, another one I don't know. Number thirteen, Yuga Khan. I think that's a new god. Yes, uh, the most powerful and feared new god. I think he's. I think that's um, that might be Darkseid's dad. Uh, I think you're right. Um, number wow, tw- Daddy, you got one. <laughs> <laughs> number got twelve. One. Uh, number twelve, Perpetua. Uh, oh, Scott Schneider wrote that guy. Wrote that chick. Yep, <laughs> that was a weird one. Uh, number eleven, another one I'm not familiar with. Uh, Nix Uotan 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 U O T A N. Uh, oh, I know that name. That is a wizard from Legion of Superheroes. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> really? The only wizard I know is Mordor. Mordu. Oh, I'm confusing it with the other guy. Is it beginning with W or U? U. So two U's together is a W. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Hail Hydra! <laughs> All right, here we go. This Moving the into the, the top ten. Strongest heroes in the DC universe. Number ten is Mister Mixelplick. What? I think they're talking about not strength. They're just talking about overall power. Yeah, overall power. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, number nine, the Anti Monitor. Uh, number eight, the Endless. All of them from the Sandman series. <clears throat> all of them together. Okay. Number seven, the Spectre. Yep. Really? At number seven? I thought he <laughs> would have been in the top five. He's only the righteous, the righteous hand of God. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> You're number seven. <laughs> number six, the Decreator, a cosmic being that was born during the first moments of creation as a shadow of God. And uh, in the pictures... There's two things they show of him, and he's only a giant eye in the sky. Yeah. He's another Grant Morrison creation. Mm. Uh, here we go. Top five. Number five, Michael Demiurgos. Um, I believe also from the Sandman series. Uh, oh. The Arch- Mike, oh Mike- I think Michael took over as Sandman. Yeah. Uh, the Archangel commanded the Army of Heaven against Lucifer. Uh, Guardian of the Gate of Heaven, yes. Uh, gave birth to Elaine Bellock, 
Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, number four, Lucifer Morningstar. Um, yeah, I would say... Oh, what? Yeah. I would say he's pretty powerful. <laughs> Lucifer? Yeah. <laughs> number three, uh, as I mentioned previously, Elaine Belloc. Uh, I think these are... Most of these are, like, characters from the Sandman side of things. Ah, uh, number two. Yes. Number two, Dr. Manhattan. I knew you were going to be on number two and number one. I was waiting to hear you say number one, though. (laughs) Number two is God, then. Number two is Dr. Manhattan. I mean, number one is God. Number one on the list of strongest DC characters is, can only be, of course, the presence. The presence. That's it. Batman. Which is basically... Nightwing. That's so funny. He said Nightwing. (laughs) Basically, the uh, presence is, of course, their version of God. Uh, And to answer your previous question, Dario... um, there is a list of some honorable mentions. Uh, like, in, where, where the hell is Phantom Stranger? Uh, including some of the honorable mentions. Eclipso, Krona, um, Necron, uh, Lords of Lords and Agents of Order and Chaos, uh, the Monitors. And who'd you just ask about, Paul? The Phantom Stranger. Superboy Prime. I do not see Monarch. Monarch. <laughs> uh, I do not see the Phantom. Really? Oh, oh, well, Ion. Nero. Oh, this is bogus. Trigon. Larflees. <laughs> Imperiax. Nope. Those are just honorable mentions, which means that they, they could be anywhere in that list. Yeah. Right. Starbreaker. Yeah, I don't see. Oh, okay. There he is. The Phantom Stranger. But those aren't in any particular order. So. Took you that long to get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's way on the bottom. Um, so there you go. There's that. All right. Um, so there's only a couple more things we wanted to talk about. Dairo, you wanted to talk about the Plastic City Comic Con. Um, would you like to tell everyone what that is? It's a local comic convention put on by a local person, a friend of mine. Uh, and this is year five. I think I don't I don't know I don't know John and Paul if you guys know him but it's Keith Gleason. Yeah. Yep. He's doing a good job. I mean he's been putting it on for about five years now, maybe a little longer. Mm. Good attendance. I think it's been a little longer. I, I think I went to like the second year it was in a small place and it's a lot bigger now. I yeah, it's, it's, a lot, at, it's huge. It was at the Wallach Civic Center for the first two, if not three years. No, the yeah. f- the first year it was in Lemonster. It was in a little like VFW building. Yes, yeah, because it I was pretty good back to- then. And it had yeah. been it had been the second year that they moved over to the Wallach Civic Center. I, I believe yeah. it was either the second or third year. Yeah, so that's the year. I mean, that's when I was still working at the at the rink. But it was good. I bought um, Marvel Premier Fifty, which was the first appearance of Alice Cooper in Marvel Comics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, we saw that big whoopie doo that day. <laughs> I haven't paid for it. That's fine. So I got everything. Oh, I didn't pay for it. That's even better. I said I overpaid for it. <laughs> oh. That's pretty cool. I retracted. 
Uh, That's really the best thing I bought. It was fun. Did you see anybody cool there? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were there, Dario, so you must... <laughs> well, we probably didn't see any mirrors. Oh, there you go. But yeah, so that's fun. It's it's a local... I keep meaning to go every year, and I just... I don't know. Stuff happens. But anyway, it's a nice it's little... It's fun. Like, yeah, you here. should. It's a fun little local convention that Keith puts on every year. He puts a lot of work into it. And um, yeah, it's uh, worth checking out. All right, cool. And finally, we wanted to talk about uh, the first two episodes have been released of the Star Wars Ahsoka series. And what did you guys think? Loved it. You're all yeah. wrong. It was the worst thing on TV. They never should. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it feels like it was written by the same writer who did Secret Wars. And Warriors of Plasma. Stop now. <laughs> <laughs> Stop now. I thought it was great. You're right, you're it's not a complaint by me, but a general complaint I've heard people say is that if you didn't watch Clone Wars or Rebels, you have no clue. I oh, yeah, maybe I can definitely understand that. Um, of course, having watched both Clone Wars and Rebels, you know, I'm fine with it. But yeah, I can I get that because it oh, is. It's, it's rewarding for fans like you and I who have watched everything, right? But casual fans who have mentioned that they feel like it's the very first Star Wars that has had a barrier that has kept them from enjoying it as much as anybody else. Yeah, I get that. Um, Which, yeah, I can see that being a problem for like casual Star Wars fans. Like, my wife would probably be lost, but... I mean, there's so much you're not going to know about any of them. I mean, Mm -hmm. you literally have... You you have to have a base knowledge of every single character in this show. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I love... Yeah, it was. I enjoyed it. It was really good. I can't wait to see where they go with it. Um, and um, yeah, I'm very excited for it. You know how many episodes? I think it's eight. Eight, eight episodes, yeah. I think. Eight, and they've yeah. So far, they've released two, so we still got six more episodes. You guys all know that this is going to culminate into a movie, right? Yep. Oh, it is. Yeah. Ah. Um, so this, all is of the- to, this is supposed to kind of coincide with Mandalorian that comes out, or whatever the show is going to be called. I don't know right. if they're going to change yeah. the name. And then after that, they're going to go into a movie. Yep. Um, Yeah. um, Yeah. So, I'm very excited. Um, Which reminds me... That's pretty good. Yeah. Which reminds me also, um, for those of you who are regular listeners to this podcast, uh, or maybe who are not, um, Dario and I, and uh, my two co-hosts from a little podcast called Wookiee Radio, uh, are have uh, embarked on a, a little thing we like to call the Star Wars Chronological Rewatch Experiment 2.0, in which we are going to be rewatching all of Star Wars uh, until we die, basically. <laughs> <laughs> in chronological order. In chronological order, yes. That's a that's a daunting task. It is. You guys it credit. Is. Um, we watched, when, when you watch Phantom Menace, yep. and now we know we have to watch we're gonna three. Do, we're going to do the Tales of the Jedi. Um, we have to watch some, watch some animated stuff next, and yeah. then we're going to go back to this movie. Because, yeah, we're when talking. Do any, when's the next episode on that going to take place? Uh, when, it, was, should, it should have been a couple weeks ago, but we're doing it next month. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think we agreed on the 16th of September for recording, so mm-hmm. it should okay. be coming out 
around then. Cool. So stay tuned for that. But you in the meantime, Andor. <laughs> I'm I'll be very excited to get back into Andor. Um, uh, you know, it was hard. Hard. It was hard rewatching Phantom Menace. That's what was hard. Um, but anyway, <laughs> it's all a part of the experiment. Uh, so, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we signed off? Me. Nothing? No. Nobody? All the only right. thing what? I'm looking for. Is there anything you guys looking for to see? To I mean, see? Comic book wise? Yeah, that's coming out. Oh, geez. I don't know. Nothing. Wolverine versus Predator. That could be interesting, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like to see that. So, yeah. what I read, it's going to be, it's gonna be a. Um, a story about how many times Wolverine's fought a predator in his lifetime. Oh so, yeah, huh. we're gonna see we're gonna see him fighting him in different eras. Interesting, hmm. interesting. Oh wow. Oh, just like everything else. <laughs> yeah. I was looking forward to the um the Phantom Stranger on on the bus. Oh, when's that coming out? Next week. Oh wow. <coughs> okay. <Drama>. Well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob, what the hell's that? I am looking forward to our next episode of the Monthly Comics Cast when I will be picking the off-the-shelf, and boy, am I going to have something good for you guys. I hope. Cause I mean, I, you don't know yet. I actually don't. I think I'll be busy I, that week. I have no idea right now at this moment what I'm going to choose, but we'll see. We're going <laughs> to be continuing on with our favorite um, writers thing, and I'm going to pick one from one of my favorite writers. It's going to be Dan DiDio. <laughs> Only if it's the death the, of Nightwing. The man on Silver Mountain. <laughs> all right, so that'll be it for us. Thank you all for listening. We really do appreciate it, um, and thank you guys for joining me once again for another fun time. And don't do it. You already, you already had your one shot. Don't do it. What one shot? Only about Nightwing. Oh, you gotta well. do it. Oh, you mean so until Nightwing actually gets his own movie or Dan DiDio finally kills him off, that'll be it for us. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Oh, you are so not getting a Christmas present. Good job, guys. Uh, Let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day.